25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Alrighty, hour number two of the show has officially begun. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. We also stay connected to you here on the show because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired you want to be a part of the show you can be lots of ways to do that many of you know but just in case you don't if you're watching the stream you can see it there on the screen shoot me a text on the country pleasing text line country pleasing sausage the best stuff comes right out of florence mississippi at country meat packers y'all have seen the butcher shop and the plant right there on highway 49 stop in by the way they got great stuff from wall to wall but in grocery store shelves throughout the southeast Look for country-pleasing sausage. It's the best because it tastes the best because it doesn't have any junk in there. No parts or, you know, air quotes there. It's made up of hand-picked hams, bacons, and pork loins. Coarse ground. They make it in small batches. Therefore, it's consistent. They use real hickory logs to smoke the sausage, not chips. It's a better smoke, stronger flavor. It's the best. That's country-pleasing. 885-ESPN. That's the country-pleasing text line. 885-ESPN, a 601 number, 885-ESPN. And uh, give me a shout. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. It's 601-995-1059. 601-995-1059. Get out and enjoy the sunshine and give me a call on the phone line. Coming up later, we'll chat it up with uh, David Murray from 24-7 Sports and Gene's Page. David's the one who broke the news yesterday about scheduling updates for Mississippi State football this fall. We're still hanging on to the idea that that's all going to happen on time. We hope and pray. And so for now, we're going to move forward that way. A couple of things, though, real quick here from the Country Pleasing text line. Miko says, in regards to coronavirus, he says, I work in the medical field, and this stuff not only is dangerous and incurable. Boy, that's scary. He says they don't know exactly how it's spread like airborne, rather than by the hand contamination. Hence the reason for those N95 masks. I mean, they don't even know how it spread. Now, I wanted to get to this. Christian sent this. And Beaver, before we, we call David, if you look over there at Christian's text from seven, no, nine minutes ago, he says, please let Beaver read this on the air. I've previewed it, and I believe it's safe to read on the air. And it looks kind of long, but I think it would be good 
if you read it on the air. Can you get it pulled up where you're able to see it? It's kind of small there. Yeah, I got it here. You got it? All right, so everybody listen up. This is from Christian on the Country Pleasing text line. And this right here is going to spin your head all the way around at 360 or 180 degrees or whatever it is. Check this out. Okay. Imagine if 10 years ago you were approached by a time traveler and he was like, look, I don't have much time to explain. All I can tell you is that the year 2020 is going to be an absolute circus. You know Donald Trump, the star of The Apprentice? Well, he's the president of the United States. (laughs) And at the beginning of 2020, he gets into a Twitter beef with Iran that almost starts World War III. (laughs) Australia catches on fire, and a woman tries to save it by selling pictures of her boobs. Kobe Bryant passes away in a helicopter crash. Half the world is devastated. The other half just makes messed up memes. A little time passes, and just when the world starts recovering from the loss of Kobe, some dude in China eats a raw bat and starts a global pandemic that specifically kills momals and pawpaws. Everyone loses their minds. 40% of the population thinks it's the end of the world. Another 40 thinks it's all fake. And 20 blames the whole thing on cell phone towers and Tom Hanks kids. The one thing everyone seems to agree on is that the only way to survive is by hoarding toilet paper. Grocery stores are (laughs) ransacked, and Charmin Ultra Soft essentially replaces the dollar as the United States' official currency. Eventually, as hysteria grows, world governments are forced to shut the entire planet down, lock everyone in their houses, and the only person that can keep the people from completely flipping out and starting a huge riot is a gun-toting, mullet-sporting, homosexual Oklahoma man with a meth addiction and 180 pet tigers. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? That about sums it up. I mean, I know there's a little bit of, uh, you know, play on words in there, but there's, there's really nothing in there that is entirely inaccurate. Good gracious alive. And here's the thing, man. It's March. We're three months into it. Good grief. (laughs) Good grief. Ghost Pepper says, what is the infatuation with The Office? I got halfway through episode one. I wanted to shatter my laptop. Well, that's on you, Ghost Pepper, if you don't think The Office is funny. (laughs) But I look, I get it. I get it. There's other things that. Other people find entertaining. There are some. I think the you know the only example I would come up with for me was um, it was uh, Kelly Ripa, who seems like a very nice person. Um, you know, if you were to I guess meet her, you know, seems like a very nice person. Um. But there's something about her voice when she was on that show with Regis and Kelly, like their interaction and the way she talked and the way it all sounded. It was like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. I could not turn it off fast enough. And you say you wanted to shatter your laptop. There there were times when I'd walk through a room and it's on and I just wanted, I'd hear her like cackle out or something. And your reaction was, ah, I just want to take the TV and slam it into the floor. (laughs) It was that bad. So, look, I mean, I can kind of get it. There's some things that just strike you that way. I understand. Jay in Baltimore in the Country Pleasing Text says, greatest Michael Scott comment was, Wikipedia is the best thing ever. 
Anyone in the world can write anything they want about any subject. So you know you're getting the best possible information. <laughs> That's right. All right. They were great, great writers on that show. When you pay attention to the lines, great writers, because they would say things that were, I mean, they just had the perfect way to word things. They're just excellent writers on that show. Hey, speaking of, here's a segue for you. Speaking of excellent writers, a friend of mine who's been writing, covering sports for Mississippi State for a long time. His name is David Murray on Twitter. He is at Dogs Bite Mag. He's a part of 24-7 Sports and Jeans page, and he's on your radio right now as we speak. And David, welcome to the show. Hope you're hanging in there. Are you hanging in there? Everything cool so far? Well, it is a little bit cool. Of course, the sun is finally busted out. Yeah. Hallelujah for that. I don't know about in Jones. and Rake. And <laughs> I was going to yeah, I was oh, going to yeah, say we're doing really smart. Yeah, I was going to say that I don't know about Jones County, but I know in Tupelo, uh, Lee County, we are absolutely saturated, and so today it's eighty plus degrees. And if we were to get, you know, a solid week of this sunshine and eighty degrees, <laughs> we still would be absolutely uh, saturated and soggy. So we still got a ways to go, you know. Yeah, and I imagine uh, just like uh, where we are, that uh, Lowe's and Home Depot are very crowded where you're at as well. Yeah, uh, well, and I haven't even gone, you know, so far to this point. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've avoided it, but I have things I need. I need to go get an air compressor to air up golf cart tires. I need to go get those big industrial packages of paper towels, you know, that they usually have at Lowe's. I'm just sure they don't have them, but... Anyway, so we're hanging in there. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk football and particularly scheduling with you. Tip of the cap broke the news yesterday in your story. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Um, So is it an an official, pretty much a done deal? I mean, or is it a done deal this season opener for State is going to be on a Thursday night? Well, let's assume that there's a season opener, which, you know, I'm the optimistic sort on this and uh, living with a uh, case manager who keeps pretty uh, pretty awful. Uh, maybe not so much about football, but this thing will settle down over the summer. Yes, I think there will be football this fall. And while it is not official, I do believe that as close as you can get to Mississippi State and New Mexico uh, having it set to open on Thursday evening, September 3rd, two days ahead. And um, while it won't be maybe the very first college football game of the year, it will be the first game of the real opening weekend, Labor Day weekend. And I think because of that, because of all sorts of factors we can get into, this is very much a win-win, and it will be must-view seeing because the Mike Leach era now will be definitely nationally televised, where had it stayed on Saturday, there was no guarantee. That's right. That's right. Well, um, what was it, how would you gauge the reaction among your followers, the fan base, your readers at Gene's page? What do you think the reaction is to the news from the Mississippi State fan base? It is nearly unanimous, and even those who aren't in favor, it's only because they have work situations that will make it tough for them to get to a Thursday night game and get back, because everybody wants to be there, as said, for the debut for the first time the Pirates swings his cutlass on the field, and they regret having to miss it, but they thoroughly understand, so there's been no negative feedback to it, it's certainly on our boards, just some regrets by a few, but everybody who can possibly make it and I'll tell you another fact, 
factor into that, Matt. Uh, people tend to forget with the Labor Day weekend and the school session, assuming the schedule stays as it is, you know, after all this chaos this spring, that students are off starting Friday and then through Monday. It's much easier to get them to hang around for a Thursday night football game than it is to get them to come back for a Saturday game. So you have a much better chance of your most enthusiastic fans being there to welcome their team as they run on the field. And Certainly, I think it's a great chance for fans to come and watch it. So I, I think this is just about, with the few exceptions of those who simply cannot make it on Thursday evening, this is a win all around. Yeah. David Murray on your radio right now. Um, I kind of I, I thought about it from a, the angle of just night game, and I know you mentioned that, David. You know, and I was thinking, it just seems to me, especially early in the season, if you can put the game at night, put the game at night. Like, and I know that you yeah. know a lot of people throw a fit if, about the idea of Friday night games, and you know, but I just for the benefit of the fan base who will be there, who have made the effort to be there and buy the tickets, sitting in the stands. Sitting in there for a night game in September versus in the bright, hot sunshine in September is a kind of a no-brainer to me. Well, here's the thing some people haven't grasped yet, and Mississippi State definitely considered this. From the sources we spoke to, that they tried to get a guarantee or as close as a guarantee as possible that somebody, whether the ESPN or SEC Network, would absolutely lock them down to a 6 o'clock or evening start time on Saturday. They could not get such a guarantee, and Mississippi State believed it was just too much of a risk to wait until another month or so for things to shake out and decide, oh, well, you're going to take the 11 o'clock start time on opening day, and then on a, on a holiday weekend, that's just bad all around, not just for those watching the game in person, but those at home or on vacations as well. So since they couldn't lock down a, day, a nighttime slot for the Saturday, they grabbed Thursday night slot, mm-hmm. and now you get pretty much um, just about unchallenged viewing as far as college football goes that evening. And let's face it, the Mike Leach name is gold in and of itself for ratings, yeah. and I, that will draw eyeballs. And the state would have already had a great market just being on Thursday night, and the fact that it's going to be probably David Murray, uh, David, you broke up there right at the end of I it. A win-win. I think we uh, are losing his signal there just a little bit. David, are you still with me? I think we might have lost him. I tell you what, let's no, do. No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, all right, we got him back. I, yeah, I just we like lost you at the, the world, end of it. Uh, our, yeah. um, what I was saying is that, like I said, it's a win because you're guaranteed an evening game on Thursday when you'd be stuck possibly with a. Yeah, that and and if we're breaking up, does everybody in the free world at home and online? <laughs> That's what it right. is. That's exactly what it is. Hey, and and Beaver, I tell you what, let's do just to see if it'll help us out uh, before we uh, call it off. Let's see if we can maybe hang up, call him right back, and reconnect, David. Uh, let's do that. Let's see. Let's let Beaver um, kind of reset the phone call and just see if a different connection will serve us a little better. And then we'll jump right back in and continue that. Uh, okay, we can do that because I want to talk about uh, the future of the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night as well. Absolutely. That's exactly you're reading my mind, which is scary. That's exactly what I want to get into next. I think that's a big deal also. So let's try that, Beaver, if we can. Let's reconnect with David. Um, so here on this Thursday in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Talking with David Murray on the Divinity Equipment phone line. So... David has the story. It's confirmed. 
with officials, maybe just not out there in terms of paperwork yet. But that Thursday night opener for the college football season will be State playing New Mexico, Mike Leach's opener. I think pretty much everybody that responded about that here on the show yesterday, both on the text line and uh, on the Facebook page, it was a positive thing. Most everybody was positive about that. I don't know that you would necessarily say that most everybody was positive in reacting to the um, idea of continuing with the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. That's one to me that always seems a lot more split down the middle, or or it did yesterday. And in talking with David yesterday, it seemed, or, or not talking, but in reading what David wrote yesterday, it seemed that if I read the tea leaves, it seems like it's staying on Thursday night. All right, we got David back on. And, and David, let's pick up right there. And I said this earlier, reading your wording in your piece yesterday that also said that both schools officials and the conference are interested in keeping that Egg Bowl happening on Thursday night, not just this coming year at the end of this two year, but re-upping that deal. That reads to me like, well, if that's who wants to do it, then it's going to continue to stay on Thanksgiving Thursday night, like a pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, I believe it will simply because there's a couple of good reasons behind it, and, and it's far from official. Please understand that. I'm not when I wrote that in the story. Just it was just a source indicated they're discussing this, the rollover. In fact, yeah. I think you were there when uh, Commissioner Sankey and uh, David Kellum and a few others were standing around. We were talking about the future of the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving during last year's Egg Bowl. And uh, keep in mind two things. First, the SEC is obligated to provide two Thursday night games, conference games, to ESPN. So uh, State New Mexico would not be in that tally, but the Egg Bowl fills one of those issues. Secondly, you know, as the, as a, I've talked to administrators in the past about this, and they say, yes, we understand there's a number of fans not happy. Although a poll we ran on the site yesterday, I was really impressed with how many people are in favor of the Thanksgiving game because they've simply gotten used to it. Um, the, the way that it was put to me by an administrator is you can be one of 40 games on Saturday, and you're much like this New Mexico game we talked about, you are not at all guaranteed an evening kickoff for the Egg Bowl because you've got Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, South Carolina, Clemson, Kentucky, Louisville, as well as other conferences having their big rivalries. Do you really want to take a chance on the Egg Bowl being 11 o'clock in the morning, the Saturday after Thanksgiving? Or do you want that guaranteed slot where maybe you're not quite as exclusive as you used to be since there's more NFL action going on, but still, you're pretty much the biggest college game in town. You know, it's great exposure. It's, it's, and another thing too, and of course, you're, you're a bit younger than I am, but, um, still, there's the, I had a, another administrator put it to me quite well. He said, after 48 hours at home on Thanksgiving break, a lot of kids are ready to leave home and get back to campus. And they'll do that on Thursday night instead of waiting for Black Friday or Saturday to come back and be there for the Egg Bowl. So I really think it's going to happen again because the two schools have found it in their favor last several years, not just for exposure, but the fans actually seem to like it. And both schools have made clear that they too, they hope to make this kind of Thanksgiving night, Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, or Ole Miss, Mississippi State are playing, much like Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys, Bears, and the other teams that are there. You just want to get that recognition, just automatic association in your mind. Right. Well, and, you know, I do think, we're talking about Thursday games, right? One at the end of the year, one at the beginning. 
And while, especially Egg Bowl, you're opposite an NFL game, so there's not maybe as many eyeballs there was, say, 20 years ago, it's still night game, and people just aren't as opposed to getting there for Thursdays, I think, as they used to be. David, I'm out of time, and I really do appreciate it. Glad to know you're doing well, and whenever the cloud lifts, I look forward to seeing you again. <laughs> well, hopefully there will be some spring football. I know you, you tuned in last week to Commissioner Sankey's talk about it, and I think the SEC and the schools, probably more so in our part of the world, are really fascinated by chance of having some sort of spring or early summer football out there, but... You know, I was talking to Coach Cohen the other day about it. I said, would it not be hugely ironic if the Road Dogs tour say doesn't go off on schedule? What if SEC media are the first people to meet Mike Leach and not Mississippi State fans? Because that's how strange things have gotten these days. Yeah. And by the way, they do think they're going to try to put something together for the Road Dogs when all things are cleared on that. Okay. But because Coach Leach, you know, wants to need and needs to get out there and see him. But uh, we can catch up on how some of the coaches we've spoken with about how they're handling this, whether it's recruiting or scouting or getting a jump on the season there. just There's a lot going on, but it's sure not as much fun as talking about ball games. And that's it, actual games. All right, man. David, thank you so much. Good job breaking the news yesterday. Appreciate you. Thank you, Matt. Yep, David Murray. Y'all follow him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. Give him a follow. Read that piece from yesterday. A lot of details in there about future football scheduling for Mississippi State. All right, Hour 2 rolling along. Continuing next in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back with you on this Thursday. Kind of got it in the home stretch. In the short rows, as they say. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. All right. Hit me up on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. And if you're in the Jackson Metro, head on down to Florence, pop into the Country Meat Packers Butcher Shop right there on Highway 49. I was telling Beaver earlier, a while back, I got a lot of things in there, brought some home. Couldn't eat it all at once, and obviously, so I froze some of the meat that I bought there, including this package of these two gigantic Thick pork chops. They are the thickest pork chops I've ever owned. And I put them in the freezer. And now I'm really wanting to get those things out. The problem is I don't know how to cook them. I don't know how to prepare pork chops that are that big and that thick. (laughs) You know, get them cooked just right. Not burning the outside. Get the inside cooked. Like what temperature? I'm sure I could Google it. Just sitting here kind of spinning in my head, thinking about it. and I thought I would just mention that because I guarantee you there's somebody listening that could go, hey, well, here's what you need to do. And like send me in the right direction. 
So that's, these days, that's the debate. These days are interesting. Yesterday, the big event, (laughs) the big event at the Wyatt Hacienda after the radio show was, since my old compressor is broken, no longer works, was how to get air into the tire, one of the tires on the golf cart that we own. How? That was the big event. Neighbor didn't have a compressor. Drove it on a flat tire about a mile over there to the golf course and filled it up. Yeah. That was the big event. See, that's the times we're living in. When filling up a tire is a whole lot of fun. (laughs) That's kind of where we are right now. Let's have some fun on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison on Highway 51 and on Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. Chris, hanging on the line to start us off here. What's up, Chris? All right, man. I'm going to fix your problem right there at the end of my call. All right. So don't let me forget. Okay. Hey, um, second thing is, is I was listening to the podcast last night. I wanted to call so bad. You know, I just wish these idiots that think they know about Mississippi State no Miss would just shut the heck up. Right. I'm with you on that. I just, I can't stand that. I was getting madder and madder the whole time you were telling me what they were saying. And I mean, you know. Okay, you're talking about. You 100%. Uh, at least we haven't. You're talking about the article yeah. that I was referencing yesterday at ESPN. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, two idiots, right? Well, I don't know if you'd call it an article. I'd call it, I'd call it garbage that people just think that they, that they're funny by putting out. Yeah. That's what I would call it. I mean, and then that's just like, I mean, I'm a big Cowboys fan, so that would be like them trying to uh, write an article and they haven't lived in it and they haven't been in it and trying to write an article about the, the Redskins and the Cowboys rivalry. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, so a lot of people don't understand that, that they've lined the roads out there going into the stadium at Washington before and egged the bus as the guys are going in. Yeah. Chris, let so, me give you a reference on, on that. I said on live radio, on the post-game radio show for a Mississippi State football game probably seven, eight years ago, I said something that my a friend of mine who was actually our boss at the time, uh, Don Williams, who uh, he's higher up with Learfield, he was sitting there on the porch at the veranda. We were doing a post-game show. And I said something that he says is the dumbest thing that's ever been said on live radio. <laughs> He's, he will never let me live it down because he's from South Carolina. What I said was we were doing scores and this and that. And I said, yeah, it's a big win for South Carolina next week. You know, they've got Clemson out of conference to finish up the season, but who knows? They might even be looking past that because they've already wrapped up a trip to the SEC championship game. (laughs) All right. Now, I was kind of swinging, you know, uh, shooting from the hip, sort of, yeah, I haven't, but it wasn't totally in jest. I did say it, and I did point that, and he looked, he's from South Carolina, and he looked at me afterwards in the break, and he goes, that is the dumbest thing that has ever been said on live radio. And since then, he's explained to me, and I get it, how heated, hated, intense the South Carolina-Clemson rivalry is. He said, Matt, they could be ending the world as we know it the following week after that game, and they still would have 60,000 people there ready to scream and yell. You don't understand. 
And he's right. And I didn't get it. You know why I didn't get it? I've never watched a Clemson-South Carolina game. I didn't live there. I haven't worked there. I don't have any friends who played there. I don't understand that rivalry or didn't, right? Exactly. And exactly. And I mean, that's, that's the way I feel about the state and Ole Miss rivalry. If you haven't never been here, you know, then that's fine. Don't say a word about it because you don't, you don't have the right to because you don't know what's going on, you know. And that's kind of like, okay, so we can all sit here and say that Alabama and Auburn's toxic rivalry, the Iron Bowl's toxic, because people have died over that game. People have shot each other yes. over that game. I mean, and here's I mean, the thing. For anybody, you're exactly right, Chris. That's one sticking point I have with it. Okay, just because if you're a writer, if you're a good one and a responsible one, just because somebody says something to you, gives you a quote, doesn't mean you should automatically just go print it. Because people say dumb things all the time. People lie all the time. I mean, have a little wherewithal to decide for yourself. And they threw into that article this line that says, one SEC somebody who's been around for a long time says that the Egg Bowl makes the Iron Bowl seem like Sunday school. You know what that is? You know what that quote is? Is complete crap. Because I grew up in the state of Alabama. I know what it's like. Nobody. I mean, Harvey Updike. Okay, let's just start right there. And just because the players get in a fight on the field, we say a fight, pushing and shoving, and they're all wearing pads. That ain't a fight, and it's certainly not a brawl. Yeah, that ain't a fight. Yeah, and and so that's one thing I had a problem with. And then the other thing I have a problem with is the entire tone of this article from one guy who's where he is because he covered Tennessee, another guy's where he is because he covered Georgia, and they're going to tell me about the Egg Bowl and they're going to, you know what, on my leg and tell me it's raining by telling well, you know, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know what it is? Okay, so what it is is, is they don't have true rivalries to write about themselves because, yeah. as you said yesterday, Georgia, Georgia and Georgia Tech is a laughing stock every year. The people in Georgia could care less about that game. They care more and about Georgia-Florida. Yeah, the people in Tennessee, well, they don't care about nothing because guess what? Alabama is supposed to be their rivalry, and they've been beating the dog out of them for years. I mean, they lost to Vanderbilt three years in a row. Right. How come you would care about anything that's like that? Right. But I and, mean, it's just and then pretend just, I mean, and pretend know. as though and pretend as though this there's something weird about the Egg Bowl rivalry because people care. I mean, because that's what it is. Right. You know, and right. and I'm okay with all the stuff in there about, you know, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach being friends and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about that. Neither one of them have lived through the rivalry yet. Okay? and exactly. And then anybody who's been around football for any amount of time will, will look you straight in the eye and tell you, man – those coaches weren't talking about getting fired after that kid lifted his leg. They were trying to hit the extra point, tie the game, go to overtime. And now the coaches are out here giving you these quotes. Just because they give you the quote doesn't make it true. It's it's and and Rich Rodriguez saying, um, you know, uh, yeah, that pretty much came down to a kid lifting his leg. No, it didn't. It came down to you weren't good enough all year long, and then. You miss an extra point that would have sent it to overtime. If they had made that extra point 
and tied that game, Chris, and gone to overtime and won it, which they might have done. You're right. Every yeah, one of them would still be every one of them would still be coaching at Ole Miss. Every one of them. Yep. Yep. And see, that was the bad part about us is I knew I knew when he when he did that. I I never it never crossed my mind that they were going to miss that field goal. I was in shock after they missed that field goal. Yeah. I think just about as much as you were because you thought they was going to make it. And I could hear it in your voice on the call that it was just like, what? What just happened? <laughs> but, I yeah. mean, you know, I just – it is what it is. And people are going to talk. I just wish stupid people would stay out of our business and let us handle what we do in Mississippi because it actually seems to be working. Yeah. Okay, so on your pork chops. Yeah, what I need to do. Are they boned in? Are they uh, boned in and they're real thick? Yes, they're boned in and they are very thick. And I'm telling you literally, Chris, they're about two inches or more thick. They may be thicker than that. You like barbecue sauce? I do, sure. Get your best barbecue sauce and take you some, like, like your favorite jelly and put it in there with it and put it in a slow cooker hmm. and cook it for four or five hours. If you want to talk about good, it'll be falling off the bone good. Okay, slow cooker. And take you a little bit, take you a little... And take your little bit of Dr. Pepper and put in there with it. That acid will break down the fat, okay. and it'll allow the pores to open up in that meat and absorb that that barbecue sauce. Come on with it, Chris. Good call, yeah. man. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. All right. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya. Chris is out. Hey, and y'all keep in mind, you don't have to agree with me ever. <laughs> Just because I rant and rave doesn't mean anything just my opinion that's all it is so if you disagree you are welcome to and that's fine you and i agree on everything one of us isn't thinking stick around Yeah, about to wrap this thing up, head on into Friday. Beaver, um, some of the last few shows that I was able to do with Roger, I mentioned it a couple times. I said, man, I'm telling you, Roger, I'm so sick of this rain and cold. I said, the first time the sun comes out and it gets warm and I have time to plan it, I'm taking all this studio stuff. I'm moving it out to the back porch. I'm putting on the headset, and I'm going to sit out there on the back porch and do the whole radio show. <laughs> and <clears throat> I'm starting to think I might ought to do that tomorrow. I can be sitting there talking with you, and you'll hear the little birdies chirping and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like this. You like that idea? Wyatt on the port. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we might hear a dog bark or something like that. Lawnmower. Crow flies over. You know, we may hear some ambient sounds. <laughs> some gnat sound. But, hey, we might try it. We just might do try it. it. Do it. Do it. There you go with that peer pressure again. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> peer pressure is good. <laughs> Don't think for yourself. <laughs> Just go with the flow. Even if it leads to something illegal. <laughs> At least you'll be there, uh, you know, arrested with your friends. <laughs> right? Yep. Hey, speaking of arrested, 
You see that video of this guy um, who put out that viral video? He went around licking stuff. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Got what he deserved. He sure did. A man who filmed himself licking items on supermarket uh, shelves and asking, who's afraid of coronavirus? (laughs) Has been arrested on terror charges. Police in Warrington, Virginia, arrested him. His name is Cody Feister, 26 years old. He has been charged with making a terrorist threat following the incident in a Walmart. As he should be. Hey, look, man. Go to jail for a while as a terror threat. And you know what, Cody? It's for your own good. It just might save you from yourself. You are not intelligent enough to make it on your own without some type of intervention. And frankly, maybe locking you up might be the best way to save your life. Anybody who's dumb enough to do this. It's like the guy who, uh, the weirdo who that video popped up where quite literally it showed him running into a bathroom and licking the toilet on the coronavirus challenge. It's, I mean, it's true. It was on TikTok. He's a, he's an American. I mean, I, I, it's incredible. Well, that guy in the video that went viral there on TikTok for doing that, guess what? Guess what he's got? Guess what he's come down with? Yep. Coronavirus. He's got it. Just putting it out there. All right, here's a few other headlines, some things that need to be out there also. Uh, you just need to be aware. I know Chris called earlier. He said he was a big Cowboys fan. Just as everybody said would happen, the Cowboys did franchise tag Dak Prescott, knowing that there's another deadline coming in July. If everything kind of holds up, which it will. And sure enough, just like clockwork, now reports that they uh, t- the two sides are sitting back down at the negotiating table trying to hammer out the long-term deal before the second deadline comes up later this summer. A report at the Dallas News says the two sides have resumed discussions with Dallas recently submitting a new long-term offer. That news coming out last night, late last night. You know, last week is when they put the franchise tag on it. Rumors out there, this always happens, rumors out there that you know, what the amount is of the new contract and also, um, you know, the, the length of it. Um, I think, you know, one rumor out there is $35 million. Who cares? You know, what's the difference between, for us, 34 and $35 million? Just know that they're going to get it done. And uh, it's just a matter of a couple months now before uh, we find all that out. Hey, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, too, went on the record, did an interview with ESPN. I wanted you to hear this. Because if you're like me, you're a sports fan, and you're wondering every day, every day you wake up, you take it one day at a time, and you start wondering when. When are we going to get back to normal? When, when, when? If you want to hear something positive, 
Here is a soundbite from the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, yesterday on ESPN. My optimistic um, outlook is that at some point in May, we'll be gearing back up. Um, we'll have to make a determination depending on what the precise date is uh, as to how much of a preparation period um, we need, whether that preparation period is going to be done in the club's home cities or back in Florida and Arizona. And uh, again, I, I think the goal um, would be to get to as many regular season games as possible and um, think creatively about how we can accomplish that goal. What do you think? So he's thinking positively. He looks at May. Boy, that'd be great. That'd be great. Today was supposed to be opening day, but it obviously isn't. Now, they do have to think about worst-case scenario, which is, would be just major and major fallout. Obviously, we're not in control sure. of that worst-case scenario. I, I, I think that um, if, in fact, the situation with respect to the virus is such that it's not safe to resume play, whether it's in alternate sites, empty stadiums, whatever it is, um, we have to accept that as a reality. Um, you, you know, it would be a tremendous hardship. It'd be a hardship for our fans, be a hardship for our players, and, and you know, frankly, it'd be a huge economic hardship for our owners. Um, it would be, be a real tragedy. Uh, but the one thing I know for sure is baseball will be back. Whenever it's safe to play, we'll be back. Our fans will be back. Our players will be back. And uh, we will be part of the recovery, the healing in this country um, from this particular pandemic. On the uh, country pleasing text line, Ernest T said, uh, can you refresh the ESPN article on state Ole Miss? Thanks. Um, without going into all of it, I did that yesterday, Ernest. I, I do hope that you will watch the podcast or listen to the podcast from yesterday. Um you can find it at ESPN.com. I will tell you, though, I'm not going to send you the link. It'll just, that'll just be my take on it. Uh, because people like that survive on, or, or want to survive on clicks. That's why they do a lot of what they do. And for that particular one, I at least won't be responsible for distributing the clicks. I'd rather make it harder on people to click it than easier. And I, and I hate to say it, but I'm just being honest with you on that one. In regards to the same subject, um, Jason out in Flagstaff, he's a Mississippian, he said, that stuff from two national ESPN guys is exactly why I only listen to local folks, especially now that I'm homesick every other day. I don't have the first second for the putting us down angle. And make no mistake, that's basically what it is and was. But here's the biggest issue I have with it is that there's the expectation that that's okay. Another problem I have, it's not the biggest problem, but another problem I have, and there's examples of that in the article, and that is people in this, in this state, in our own state, that just lap it up as long as somebody at ESPN gives us a little attention. Sure, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you how backwards it is here or how poor we are and how weird the rival will. Really, sure, we'll tell you that as long as you like us. I'm sick of that, man, because it's just not true. Those people, they would love for you and everybody else 
to believe that there's something, you know, odd or different or out of the, you know, out of skew with the uh, article. I mean, uh, not article, but with the rivalry. Well, that's not true. They would love to purport the idea that this rivalry, as heated as it is, is way more heated than other rivalries around the country. Well, it's not. It's not true. The guys who wrote that would love for you to believe that that kid, the act of the kid hiking his leg is what got the coaching staff fired. Well, it's not. That's a lie. That idea is not true. (laughs) They sure would love for you to believe it. See, man, we can always find something to talk about. Always. All right. We're going to roll on out. Cook some pork chops tonight. And sit out on the porch tomorrow and listen to the birds chirp. Why not? Let's make it happen. Thanks for tuning in. For Beaver, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See you all tomorrow. See you.